0: Could a muslim love a jew? Could someone who's been taught their whole life to hate jewish people suddenly come to love them? We're going to explore that question today as we interview Sophia who's the ambassador of jewish and and muslim relations on SoulZero2. So welcome today to Soul Zero Two. This is a podcast that is putting the oxygen back into the Christian life one soul at a time. And we're so glad to be with Sophia today. And uh, she is an ambassador for Jewish and Muslim outreach. And that is a mouthful, but it's amazing. And uh, we've spent time with her and she's a true witness for Christ. And in America, there's a difference between calling ourselves Christians and being true followers of Christ. And this is why I believe that in the days we're living in, it's better to say I'm a follower of Christ than a Christian because Christians can mean anything. And some people even politically are seen as Christians, but what does that mean if we don't follow Christ? So the question today is, is is it possible for a Muslim to love a Jew? Is it possible for someone to have such a radical experience with God that they would be transformed? So I want to welcome you today, Sophia. Welcome.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: It's a pleasure. And uh, I'm going to be asking a couple of questions. The first one is this. What was life like as a Muslim woman in the, in the, in the Middle East growing up?
1: Well, uh, thank you again for having me. Um, I'm excited to be here on your podcast. And yes, so I was raised in a very devout Muslim country um, and uh, what... What was life like for me uh, growing up in the Islamic faith in a devout Muslim community of 98% Muslim population. Um, I worship God named Allah, I follow the teachings of Prophet Muhammad, I read the Quran in Arabic, and I followed the five pillars of Islam very strict, um, which is reciting the creed, there is only one God, Allah, Muhammad is a prophet, praying five times a day, fasting in the month of Ramadan, going to pilgrimage. Uh, and giving towards Muslim charities. This is what I knew growing up as a Muslim girl. And in Islamic cultures, um, in Islamic countries, I should say the religion is the culture. So the way Muslims, I, I, the way I believed about Islam is how I lived it too. Um, I started wearing the hijab, which is a headscarf covering from the age of three. And, and then I started wearing the full covering called the abaya uh, after the age of 10. When I went out in public uh, I could not go out by myself I had to be accompanied by my father or my uncle or my brother Um, and uh, I I was always uh, kept behind the doors mostly Um, in in the Western countries many women have freedom to do extracurricular activities something fun hobbies they like to do the same hobbies they can do here I was not able to in my country Um, so I just Mostly prayed, uh, respected the teachings that my parents instilled in me, uh, took care of the home. Um, of course, I prayed with my female cousins a lot and went to the mosque to pray and do Islamic Islamic duties. Um, and I also went to Islamic school. That's where I made most of my friends. Um, so Islam in the way of life is all I knew growing up. As a Muslim woman, um, you know, it's, it's very important that there not e- looked on equal as a man so I would say that um, many times uh, my father would always make the decisions for our home um, and I do not have the freedom to sometimes make my own decisions of things I want to do like even extracurricular activities in school my parents would decide if I if it is good for me or not and many times it was not good they decided so um i hope that explains to you the way of life i lived a little bit but there was not the same freedom i experienced in my culture that many women experience in the western culture
0: so it almost sounds like a a form of slavery in a way because you can't do what you want
1: yes what it is an honor shame culture uh and uh, the way you know, the way a woman acts out in public reflects on the home life of the family, so a woman is always kept behind the doors um, and in a co- and conser- conservative, and if she has to go out, it has to be among other women or covered, and that's it, that's the way it okay. is.
0: So how is it possible for a former Muslim to love Jews, because aren't you taught to hate Jews?
1: Yes sir, exactly. There's a Quran Surah that says uh, not to take Jews and Christians as friends and to hate and kill the Jews. It says that over and over again in the Quran. I was raised with the mindset that Yehudis are the worst creatures on the planet. They should be rejected and killed. Um, And I looked down upon the Jewish people um, and I I did not like to even hear the name Israel and the Star of David. Uh, it was absolutely rejected in my country so that's the teachings that that I was taught growing up in the Quran that I it, it's almost like they took root in my heart and from a young age I would hate the Yahudis, which is the Jewish people um, so your question is how can I love the Jews now well that is where God did a miracle in my heart um, you know being ingrained with these teachings of hate um, I, I just I only saw through the lens of hate, but one day I was given a Bible, and I saw the great lens. God did miracles to rescue the children of Israel in the book of Exodus, and bring them into the promised land. And even even when they were sinning and complaining and not acting well in the eyes of God, God still loved them and. Uh, did make great miracles through the prophets and honored them and called them his chosen people and called the nation of Israel his heartbeat. He loves the Jewish people and when I saw that Jesus' heritage is Jewish, I was thinking wow I hate God's heritage and God's people and when when I was reading the word of God I started falling in love with the Jewish people and God's heritage and God himself and I realized that I cannot hate hate them anymore and um, and God put overwhelming love in my heart for them and when I see them I just start crying it's the love of God that is crying in my heart for them and I always say I'm sorry I hated your land and your people please forgive me but I love you now because Yeshua the Messiah of Israel put love in my heart for your land and your people and I see uh, <laughs> I see the evidence of what God does in their lives they, they also start crying and it's like we have a time of reconciliation you know Uh, of what God has done in our lives.
0: So, from what you're telling me, um, uh, Islam is not really a peaceful religion, as some argue, is that correct?
1: So the word Salam is peace. This is how they greet each other. But the word Islam means to submit. It's to submit the will of Allah. So when they say it's a peaceful religion, they're saying it's peaceful as long as it is practiced in the way of Islam. As long as you're living the way Islam teaches to be, but if you're not, there's no peace, you know, because Islam has to be the number one religion in the world, and in order for that to happen, no other religion can stand above Islam. It has to be brought down. So, how can there, how can it be a peaceful religion, with all the acts that have happened um, all around the world, uh, as you as you see in the news? How can it be a peaceful religion? Uh, no religion of peace will teach hate, I would say. And Jesus is the Prince of Peace, the Bible says, and He is the only one that brings peace in all areas of the world, and especially the hearts and the minds of Muslims.
0: Wow. So why does it seem that American Christians are reluctant to speak with Muslims?
1: Um, you know, I would say it's probably mostly because of what the media is showing in the news right now. Um, Yes, there's acts done by Muslims all around the world, persecution against Christians, hate against the Jews, killings of soldiers um, that have gone there to bring freedom in those areas for them and help them. Um, And naturally, if you're going to kill somebody, who has the right to take the life of somebody? When God has made that person, no one has the right to take their life. But in the Islamic mindset, they don't think they're doing anything wrong. They're they're obeying the teachings of the Prophet Muhammad and and Allah. They're dedicating that to Allah. So um, I would just say that Americans see the news, media, and what all is happening, they are maybe overcome with fear um, or resentment or anger or bitterness. Obviously, maybe their family members have been hurt or killed in some way or attacked. 9-11 happened in America. Many people still remember that, you know, almost 4,000 passed away, unfortunately. Um, So uh, I think also it's the facade of how they dress, um, how they speak, their mannerism. You know, it's the unknown. So when someone knows somebody and understands the culture and the religion and the mindset, I think they will make efforts to reach them. But if they don't understand, they don't. So uh, sometimes when you see a woman covered completely, when you just see the eyes showing, um, you know, it can be kind of scary in some people's minds. Like, what is she What is she hiding under there? You know, something like that. Or an Arabic man, when they see someone on TV that has done some horrible act, but then they see them walking on the streets, what are they thinking? That they might be there to attack them. Um, so I would say, God does not give us a spirit of fear but of power, love, sound mind and boldness. He's called us to be as believers, roaring lions. So we should go in the name of Jesus with boldness to love them, love Muslims and bring them to the kingdom by loving them, uh, sharing with them God's message, by including them in their lives and seeing what the Holy Spirit will do next and draw them to, to the Lord. We should not fear anymore. Americans should not fear Muslims or we will not be able to do God's work here in America.
0: Awesome answer. And uh, just briefly, um, how did you come to Christ?
1: So, uh, as I shared with you, I was raised in a devout Muslim uh, home, family, culture, religion. Um, When I was eight years old, uh, my family and I went to pilgrimage and it is where we suddenly witnessed the beheading of a woman. And this shook me up and put fear in me. Uh, I went to an Islamic school, I learned the teachings from the Quran. Um, I, I respected my faith highly, but I also lived in fear of God and fear of what I saw. And as a young girl, when I came to America, I still lived in this fear of Allah and fear of the teachings. But I still respected my faith in Islam. That is all I knew. I prayed and fasted and did everything I could. But honestly, I did not know Allah. I did not know God. He was far away and distant from me. But I wanted to know Him with all my heart. Um, one time. My grandmother came to visit us and because of some things uh, happened in my life, my grandmother suddenly had a massive heart attack and she passed away and I was devastated and I lost my best friend and my biggest support. In my brokenness and my time of life, a lady at my at my work saw me struggling and for the first time after eight and a half years of living in America, invited me to the biggest church and I walked into this church and for the first time I was given a Bible and I And I heard the scripture from Isaiah 61 of the prophecy of Jesus where Jesus came to heal the broken heart and set the captive free and he fulfilled this prophecy in the book of Luke and after that I read the Bible on my own and the Spirit of God through the Word of God opened my eyes healed me and set me free and I believe that the God I've been looking for is Jesus all my life and I thank God this lady invited me to church I thank God that Holy Spirit helped me understand and bring me to god himself
0: incredible so um has your testimony you think and message challenged christians to do more about sharing their faith
1: i pray it it has challenged because i lived in a city full of christians for eight and a half years and that is not okay because i went to college i went to school i worked at companies how can not only, not even one person share their faith with me, how can that be? And that is not okay because many Muslims are coming to this country now and they've been here, I meet them by the way, they've still been here for many years and have not even met one Christian. So we cannot be any more complacent because the, the, this power in the name of Jesus, this power in the gospel message and we as believers are called, this is our job as a, as a Christian. First and foremost, to go into all the world and give them the good news. And the Lord is with us always, is his promise in Matthew 28. So please, when you see a Muslim walking around, uh, or any non-believer, we have to be, as believers, be called by God, know what is our calling, and be obedient to go share his message, and just let the Holy Spirit do the rest. If they reject, they're not rejecting us, they're rejecting the Lord. So it's that simple.
0: And so... Um Here's another question. What is the most significant thing you have experienced in the ministry God has given you?
1: Well, so many amazing things, but most importantly, I would say I've experienced miracles. I've seen Mm. miracles in my life. uh, Such as? uh, So many. Okay, so I will tell you first that I have been to the nations to share the good news message of our Lord. And That is where I really look forward to because uh, obviously I've seen miracles in my personal life, but I have seen miracles in the nations where I have seen a woman being set free from demons in the name of Jesus. There's power in that name. I have prayed for a girl to be healed with bumps on her face, and by the time I finished sharing the gospel message, her face was completely cleared up right in front of my eyes. Um, I have ministered to Holocaust survivors in Israel, and in front of me, they're sitting and crying with tears coming down and giving their life to Yeshua, the Messiah, with me sharing with them, you know, me sharing just a simple message of Yeshua in our Lord's land. Um, I've prayed for healing for uh, a lady who lost her baby from Afghanistan that came here as a refugee um, and prayed for God to bless her with another baby and she was blessed with another baby and she was so happy this happened in the name of Jesus i have seen where the lord has made most impossible situations possible when i have pr- called out to him and prayed to him he even looks at the simple um, the the most simple needs of the cry of my heart and he's brought them to pass so the god i know now jesus is a true living God actively doing miracles in in my life and in everyone's lives, and we should acknowledge that and celebrate and lift him up and worship him for what he's doing.
0: Well, so um, I guess when you pray to Allah, you didn't really get answers. Then you're saying,
1: "No, All no right. answers." All
0: right, because some some people have argued that Allah and God are the same same thing, but you know, maybe we just see it differently. I've always felt that they are not the same thing because if they were the same thing people wouldn't be so opposite each other in how they agree or disagree, right? Yes. You know, so, um, so what are some of your challenges when you minister and travel?
1: Um, sometimes when I'm traveling there is heavy warfare, it's real, I experience it a lot. Um, there's so many things I experience like lo- losing my luggage, um, that happens a lot, I get sick on the plane, on the way there or on the way back home, um, you know, I get sick on the fields over there. Sometimes um, I have a difference of opinion about some things with another person on, on the ministry trip sometimes um, and instead of resolving it in a peaceful manner, it sometimes, you know, goes too far where we should not be as believers, you know, we can civilly resolve matters. Um, struggles like that. Also, there has been other other things like people on the field uh, come against the, the message I'm sharing. Uh, the Bible says the gospel is offensive to those who don't believe. And the message I, I go to share is God's message. And I go with knowing that I know the truth and I'm sharing the truth with the Lord uh, about the Lord with them. But it's not always readily taken in love and acceptance. But I have to many times just in peaceful manner, say, okay, I respect your opinion, um, thank you for respecting mine, and just walk away. And you know, many times when I when I walk away, um, I walk away, God, I, I receive a peace of God, and He's like, He's confirming to me that it's okay. That field, that, that door is closed, He's gonna open another door. And then immediately, when I experience warfare, God opens another door, and it's such a blessing. Many more come to know Jesus. And the enemy just takes that one small time to discourage my spirit but the lord's spirit uh, holy spirit is so encouraging and does amazing miracles so i know now by now the pattern of the enemy when something amazing is going to happen i get strong heavy attacks but i know the lord is about to do something amazing so i just celebrate i say enemy right. you have <laughs> you're nothing right. because right. god is right. god is the creator and he is going right. to take me carry me through this time
0: right and, and you and you learn how to be rejected without receiving that rejection. Yes. Right? And saying, you know, they're not rejecting who I am, they're rejecting God.
1: They are. That's and, what it uh, is. They're rejecting and, God.
0: Right, right? So, so, um, what are some of the things that you're believing God for in your ministry?
1: I'm believing God for. Um, see, one thing that God has put on my heart is to do ministry to Holocaust survivors by going and sharing about Yeshua the Messiah with them. I I sense an urgency right now because there's not many left in this world. Uh, They are passing away because of the age they are right now. But they're very special people. They all have a miracle story how they survived. There are many in the land of Israel. And I love to just go share with them about Him in their last days. But that is my yearning and strong desire in my heart that God will open more opportunities for me to share uh, Yeshua's message from a former Muslim background from, from a Muslim, I should say, that used to hate them but loves them in G- in Yeshua's name. Also, I would love for the Lord to open more opportunities for me to travel to the most unreached and engaged parts of the world because gospel has still not gone to many countries and many nations and I love to go and just, just see the countenance change on the people's faces when they hear the message of Jesus and they Willingly give their lives to follow Him. It's powerful to see the change immediately. So um, if if the people are listening, uh, my brothers and sisters can pray for me for those two opportunities. And also, one more thing, please pray for salvation of my whole family. Um, I'm really crying out to God to bring them to the kingdom because they are living still today as Muslims, as the way I lived in bondage. And I, I serve a God of freedom. And I want them to know Him the way... I know Him.
0: So, Sophia, why are we showing your picture, and why why are we not seeing your face today on this interview?
1: Because I have a death sentence in my country, because I have become a follower of Jesus. Uh, It is common for many people from Muslim background. Also, um, I travel to many nations doing the, the message of our Lord, and I don't want to jeopardize God's work in any way. So I, I don't want, I don't need to be famous or anything. I just want to be obedient to do God's work. So I just want to be careful with the, with the calling that God has put in my life.
0: So we can talk for hours on this stuff. But uh, what's the best way for people to connect with you if they want to come have you speak or minister or have a question?
1: Well, um, I think... I have to think about that <laughs> mm-hmm. because um, there is ways to get a hold of me, mm-hmm. but let me pray about that and I will mm-hmm. get back to you.
0: Okay, okay, just something to think about for the future, I guess, huh? Yes. So, yes. so I think that's it. Do you have any questions for us before we, we close today or comments?
1: No, I pray that my, my story and my, the, the, the life that God has given me now will encourage you that the Lord is doing miracles in, in, in the lives of Muslims right now. Do you know that countries that are close to the Gospel, uh, He's appearing to them in dreams and visions. So God can bypass whatever the government stipula- stipulations are. So please pray for them, that more Muslims will have dreams and visions. Please Please go in boldness and share the good news message with them. If all you can do is friend them and invite them to church, do that and allow and share with your pastor that they're coming or they're there. And, and allow the pastor to minister to them. But you will do a great service for the Lord when you reach one lost person for the kingdom purpose.
0: Awesome. So I'd like to close in prayer and then we'll, we'll close out the service. But Father, thank you for the opportunity to be together with this modern-day Paul who has chosen to follow you to the nations and to preach to uh, the hardest situations and some of the most challenging people in the world uh, who sternly reject the gospel uh, to her own uh, danger sometimes so we ask that you bless her and keep her Lord as she goes and prosper her on the way amen so thank you so much uh, Sophia, for coming and it's a pleasure to have you with us today and uh, I want to challenge you to uh, if you're a believer uh, let God open your eyes to not be afraid to witness to any culture that is unlike your culture uh, God loves them, and he if Jesus were here today, he would go everywhere. He would go to every culture. So till next time, check out our YouTube channel, Soul02, Soul our website, Soul02.com, and we're on Facebook as well. So next time, God bless you.